What is going on? It is so good to see your faces. Oh my gosh. And everybody online, welcome. My name is Susie. I'm the student ministry director here. And sorry, this, the mask was like all caught in my, in my hair and my lip. Um, but it is so good to be hanging out with you guys today. I'm really, really excited. It's so good to see you guys. Are you guys excited to get back into some connect groups? We're going to have hybrid ones, virtual ones for everybody that wants to stay home. Then we have ones that are going to be gathering because how many of you guys know, did you just feel the power of gathering here today? Was this not incredible to be with one another? It's so good to see you guys. Well, before we dive into today's message, I want to give honor where honor is due. And so if you are online, I want you to clap with your clap emoji hands. If you are here, I want you to clap because I have a list of people. Um, So this is going to feel a little bit like I'm accepting a Grammy or something, but I'm really just giving honor where honor is due. And first and foremost, I want to give honor to our pastors, Pastor TJ and Shayla McCormick. Man, this has not been an easy time to lead through, and you guys have done an incredible job. We are so grateful to have you as our pastors, and we are lucky. Do you guys believe that we have the greatest pastors in the world? Come on. The second group of people that I want to give honor to is our tech team. We are talking sound, lighting, video, everybody that has been making church happen for you at home, online, in this season of isolation. Can we make some noise for them? They have been absolutely incredible and, do, and they have just been killing it. Um, a lot of sacrifices have been made and so we just want to say thank you. And then the third person who's about to walk out of this room right now that I want to give honor to is Kyle, my husband. Um, and I have never done this before because it's like mushy gushy. Um, but seriously, I watched you lead for a really long time before I ever chose to fall under your leadership. And you are an incredible leader. I am a better woman because of you. I'm a better leader because of you. And I'm grateful for you. I love you. And I'm done. <laughs> so much more could be said, um, but he's an incredible man. Um, okay. So before we dive in, I got to make sure that I'm talking to the right crowd because there's a possibility that I'm talking to the wrong crowd. And if I'm talking to the wrong crowd, then I'm actually going to end the message right here. I'm going to go sit down. And TJ, you have a message prepared, right? Always. Always. Cool. All right. So he's ready just in case. But if you are online, I need you to put a, a hand if you are here. Has anybody ever experienced inconvenience? Okay. I have hands all over this room. I hope that I have hands commenting online because We've all experienced inconvenience. Has anybody's inconvenience maybe been in the last six months? Have you had any inconveniences? Yeah, I just took mine off a couple minutes ago. We've all experienced inconvenience, and and I'm going to get real, I'm going to get really honest, and I'm going to get really human with you for a minute, and if you don't like that, you're probably at the wrong church, because this has been a struggle for me. And I don't know if it's maybe been harder on me because I'm an extrovert and because I love people and I miss people. And this is giving me so much energy right now. But this has been a really, really, really tough season. And I, my emotions have been all over the place. When this first started, I was like, okay, cool. I got this. I like problem solving. I like a good challenge. I like that we got to figure out how to do something new. And so I was all about it. But what happened was is it lasted too long and my patience ran out and my endurance ran out. And I just started, there was some like nasty aspects of my humanity that started to come out. I'm telling you, I started to get angry with everybody that I saw. I was judging people. I was, listen, 
I don't know if you guys know me. When I walk into a store, I am talking to everybody and their mother. If you're in my aisle, I'm talking to you. I will intentionally go to cashiers and not do the self-checkout because I love to talk to people and I love meeting new people. It's like something that I love to do. But do you want to know what I do now because now I'm just mad is I just put that mask on and I walk in the store. I get whatever I'm going for. I go over to the self-checkout. I scan myself out and I don't say a word to anybody because I'm inconvenienced. And I've gone through all these different phases. Then I went through like, you know what? I'm going to Netflix and chill my way through this. And I'm married, so I'm allowed to. And then I was like, you know what? I am done with this. Jesus, take me now. God, I'm done. I did what you asked me to do. Is this how this works? I just ask you to take me. I tell you when I'm done here and you just come grab me and take me up there because I'm done. I'm done with the inconvenience. and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just done. I'm done. And I don't know about you, but when I spend time with God, he talks to me. And it's not always the nicest. And so as I was spending some time in my devotions and just praying through, I told God that this was a waste of time. Now, don't ever do that. Please learn from my mistakes. Do not tell God that something is a waste of time. Because the Holy Spirit convicted me so hard when he brought me to Hebrews 11. And it talks about all these men of faith. And it starts talking and it starts listing off these men. And as I started to think about their stories and the things that they have been through, I had no room to complain. The inconveniences that these men experienced were nothing compared to the inconveniences that we are experiencing today. And so I was thinking about Noah, who had to build this giant boat when they didn't even know what rain looked like. Could you imagine the, the, the people that came at him trying to tell him that he was wrong, that his God was not real? Think about Abraham, who finally gets the only thing that he, the only way that he sees God fulfilling his promise, and then he has to possibly go sacrifice that. Imagine that walk up the hill as you're going to sacrifice the only promise that God's ever given you. Could you? I'm sure there was doubting. I know that there had to have been human emotions attached to that. You think about Joseph. It, the whole, his whole life was inconvenient. Like, read, if you want to read somebody's story, inconvenient. You have Moses who had to lead a bunch of complaining people all the time. Are you kidding me? I would have given up on chapter 2 but he led them. All of these inconveniences, you have Rahab, David, Samuel, so many people that are listed in here. And the reason why they are listed as men of faith is because their faith stood strong through the inconveniences of life. Every inconvenience that they broke through got them in here. And I want to read part of this to you in Hebrews 11, okay? Because it talks about a bunch of the good things, because good things did happen to these people. I'm not saying that it was all bad. But it starts here in, 30, in 35. It says, others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers, and I always say vlogging because I'm a millennial, but it says flogging, like <laughs> bad. It's a bad thing. While still others were chained and put in prison, they were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated, the world was not worthy of them, they wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. <laughs> if you want to break out of the cycle of being in a bad mood about your inconveniences, just go read your Bible. It will break all things. 
that you think are inconvenient. And so I wrote this down in your notes for you. If you're taking notes, mental notes, comment in the comments section. It says, convenience creates complacency. Can we all agree with that? When life is good, when life is convenient, you're chilling, hang loose, life is good. And inconvenience reveals our integrity. Inconvenience reveals the integrity of who we say we are. It reveals the integrity of our faith in God. It reveals our integrity in our foundation of our faith. And in 1 Peter 2, 4 through 5, it says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also are like living stones being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offered, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And what I want to talk about today, this message that God has just been bringing back to memory every time I read all this word foundation is what jumps out at the Bible at me. And so I knew that that's what I had to speak on. But I want to talk about how can we practically inspect the integrity of our foundation? Because this verse right here says that we are being built into a spiritual house. And keynote, being built, not building your own. We are being built in as a spiritual house, and that starts with our foundation. And so how can we make sure that our foundation is strong so that when the storms of life come, that our foundation in God will hold sound? Number one, we have to check our cornerstone. The cornerstone is the most important stone placed down on a foundation. It's the first one, and it is the one that aligns for the rest of the entire building. And in, in Acts 4, 11 through 12, it says, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And I think what happens sometimes is we make our victories our cornerstone and not the victor. We make our, our possessions, our gifts, our blessings, the cornerstone, and not the one who gives it. We make, what did I write? I already forgot it. We make our blessings, oh, this is my favorite one. This, I, I forget this every single time. But we make sometimes God's creations our cornerstones and not the creator. There are a lot of things here that people worship, that they idolize, that were made by God, but we don't put God as that cornerstone. And so how do we figure out, how is, is Jesus our cornerstone? The first question that I'm going to ask you, and this is not a question to respond right now to. This is not something to say amen, hallelujah. This is a tough question. And I want you to take this question home. If you're online, maybe pause. I don't know if you can. It's live, so you can't. But like, take a moment later in your day and ask yourself this question. If all of your conveniences were taken tomorrow, all of them, your health, your wealth, your family, your community, if everything was taken tomorrow, would Jesus be enough? That is a tough question, and I wrestled this question, because my humanity, man, all of my convenience, if, if everything was gone, you read the book of Job, and you watch how he, he struggled through that. Is Jesus enough? And the second question that I would ask yourselves, and this is something I had to process through, is, is Jesus in my calendar? <laughs> I heard this question or this statement said before that you're, if whatever you say is a priority should be reflected in your calendar. And so is Jesus built into your calendar or is Jesus just thrown in whenever you get an extra minute? Yeah. 
Is he that five-second prayer before you eat your food? Or is he the first part of your day that you are scheduling time with him to get to know him better, to read his word, to do something, to get to know who this Jesus is? We have to check our cornerstone. We have to make sure that Jesus is our cornerstone. The second thing that we have to do is we have to build on bedrock. And I like this one. Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says, anyone who is listening, listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is like the foolish, like a person who builds his house on sand. And when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat up against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And in times of convenience, we realize what our foundations are built on. And a lot of us have built our foundations on the shifting sands of society when God has called us to build on the rock of our salvation. And this is where we've gone a little bit awire. And I caught myself here because we want to live, I wanted to, I still do, I want to live this skyscraper kind of life, right? I want to be an example for others. I want to be known as a woman of God. I want people to be able to look up to me. I want these students that I lead to be able to look up to who I am. But I got caught in the wrong position because I was trying to build my own spiritual house. And there was a season of life, and one of the most pivotal conversations that I remember was with Shayla. And it was in this season of life where I knew that God had a call in my life. I knew that he had a purpose and a plan, and I was trying everything to make that happen. I am by nature a go-getter. When I want something, I go get it. And so I treated this like anything else, and I was like, I want all that God has for me. So I started running around. I like quit my job. I like went to work at Starbucks, which in and of itself is a sacrifice because you guys are not nice when you don't get your coffee. And then I started serving with the church. I thought I was doing everything right but there was no fruit to show from it. There was nothing, there was no fruits of the spirit coming out of this, there was no progress, there was nothing happening, I was getting so frustrated and I will never forget this conversation because it caught me sideways. And Shayla sat me down and she said, hey, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take a step back from serving for a minute and I want you to go back to the foundations and the basics of your faith with God. Just go spend some time with him. Spend time with his word. Just go get to know him a little bit better. Dig deep into the foundation of the rock of your salvation and get to know him, and then he will build your house. And I walked away from that meeting, and I was like, did I just get fired from a volunteer position? Because <laughs> I don't know that I should ever tell anybody that, but here we are. Um, I got fired from a volunteer position. And I remember that next day I just went and I just spent time in God's word. I think for eight hours, and if you know me, I'm not a reader. I do not love reading. But I was just like so determined, but I'm also a go-getter. So like if, she, if Shayla tells me I got to read, I'm going to go read. I'm going to go read for eight hours because I'm going to figure out this God. I'm going to try to figure out what this Bible says. So like, no. But I love that scripture. If we go back to that first Peter, you don't have to put it back up there, but it talked about being built. And a lot of times we're trying to build our own spiritual house instead of digging deep into the foundations. And I want to put up a picture really quick because it shows how a skyscraper's foundation is built. You see, for a skyscraper, for a building to be that high up there, the elements of the earth are so much more intense. And the higher that you go, the deeper your foundation has to be. And that is so 
is such a good display of our relationship with God. He wants to build us. He is the one who establishes. He grows. He does all of this. We are just called to dig deep. We are called to dig deep into God's word, dig deep into God's presence. We have to know this God that we say that we serve, and we have to spend more time here getting to know who God is, digging deep into his word than we do trying to make something happen. And I got lost because I was trying to find my identity and what I could do and not who I am. And just resting in who I am in Jesus and allowing him to build the spiritual house that he had planned. The third thing that we have to do is we have to prop up our plumb line. And if you don't know what a plumb line is, I will get to that in just a second. But we want to dive into Philippians 2, 12 through 16. It says, Dear friends, you have always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. And I want to pause right here before we finish this scripture because I think that there is something so key right here. You see, Paul is talking to the church in this moment. And he is saying, hey, when I was with you, you were so obedient. You were listening to instructions, chasing after this life that God has for you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. And when I was reading this verse, it stuck out to me. And if you've been at Coastal for two seconds online, five minutes, two years, 10 years, you know that we are all about relationships. We're all about community. It's in our name. It's who we are. It's what we do. We believe that life change happens in the context of community. All of these things. So do not hear this the wrong way. We believe in community. However, when the convenience of community is taken, when the convenience of church is taken, what does your relationship with God look like in isolation? When all of that, because these are conveniences. It is a convenience to be in this house tonight, and I am loving every minute of this. (laughs) But it's a convenience. And I think sometimes where we go wrong is we make the church our cornerstone. We make community our cornerstone and not Jesus. And that's when you got to go back to point one and make sure that Jesus is your cornerstone. It continues on to say, it says, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like light, bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run this race in vain and that my work was not useless. And so I'm going to put up a picture of a plumb line for you. If you don't know what a plumb line is, a plumb line is this beautiful thing right here. It is how they make sure that they build walls vertically, that they make sure that the walls are being built properly. And it's pretty much just a string attached to a little weight at the end. And the weight is dependent on gravity to keep the line straight. And just like that weight is dependent on this invisible, extremely powerful law of gravity that we all know, so are we fully dependent on the invisible, incredible power of God for our salvation and for him to do the work of our salvation. And I think sometimes we treat our relationship with God like this. Imagine I walk down the aisle, right, on my wedding day, and I said, I do to Kyle. And I walk away and act single. 
Are there any results of that decision to be in a relationship with someone if I just go act the same way as when I walked in? No. And our relationship with God is the same way. Salvation is a free gift. It's something that cannot be earned and we are fully dependent on the power of God and and the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of the death and resurrection. That power is what makes us righteous. It's what makes us in right standing with God. It's what took our place on the cross. Jesus took our place and we are fully dependent on that power for our salvation. And just in that, it says work hard to show the results of your salvation, knowing that God is at work in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know what this means? That it doesn't happen without him. Because I don't know about you, but my thoughts, listen, I am angry, I'm working with it, but I'm an angry person sometimes. And sometimes the human side of me just wants to punch people in the face. Like it would make the human part of me feel so much better. But the God at work in me stops that punch from being thrown. And so if ever you experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control from me, that is God at work within me, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. It is not of my own doing. I'm going to start telling people that. You should start telling people that. Like when they say, oh, you're so kind. It's the God in me. (laughs) Couldn't do it without him. And I don't know where you're here, where you're at here today. I don't know what this season of inconvenience is bringing about an awareness to. What I do know is that this isn't the last season of inconvenience. Seasons of inconvenience are going to come for the rest of your life. And they were going to reveal the integrity of your foundation. And if we're not intentional to build our foundation and work to dig deep and build it on bedrock and make sure that Jesus is our cornerstone and nothing else, and if we don't prop up that plumb line and start learning about the life that God wants us to live in this Bible, if you don't read your Bible, that is the only thing that I want you to take away from today's message. Go read your Bible. That's it. If we don't start doing those things, then this next season of inconvenience is going to wreck us. So we have to prepare. And I hope that this season has not been a waste of time, but it has been a wake-up call for some of the things that, that we all need to work on. Listen, I have a list in my journal, if you think a list. I gave it all to you. But there is some stuff that maybe has been brought out in this time. And I want to take a minute really quick and just have everybody close their eyes. If you've been struggling with anger, with bitterness, with frustration, easily irritated, you don't want to deal with people anymore, remember that God calls us to love people at all times, not just when it's convenient. And that wrecked me because I think my inconvenience got in the way of me loving people, which is the second greatest command. 
And so maybe that's it, but maybe you're in here or maybe you're watching online. Maybe it's two months later after this. And in this time of inconvenience, God has just been trying to get your attention because he just wants you to come back home. He just wants to have a relationship with you. And through this time of inconvenience and isolation, you've been feeling like there's an empty void inside of you that nothing in this world will ever fill. And Jesus is the only thing that will fill that void. And so maybe today, you need to make Jesus your cornerstone. You need to enter into relationship with Jesus. And if that is you, I want you to pray this prayer real quick. Just say, God, I need you. I have chosen you today, not just as my savior, because I believe that you died and resurrected on behalf of me, but I'm choosing you as my Lord to lead me for the rest of my life, to guide me. Today, I will remember as a day that I choose you and that I received your power working inside of me. I'm walking today out of here a new creation, still human, but with a God inside of me that is working for the desire and the power to do what pleases you. And God, for the rest of us, I'm gonna pray a really awkward prayer because God, I wanna thank you for the seasons of inconvenience. I want to thank you for everything that you have made us aware of. God, thank you for reminders of coming back to you. Thank you for the opportunity to, to build our foundation strong so we can prepare for seasons like this. God, I thank you that we have an opportunity to grow deeper into our relationship with us so that you can build, so that we can be built by you into a strong spiritual house. God, I thank you for the plans and the purposes and the dreams and the callings and everything that is represented in here. But God, I pray that we would walk away from today and that we would be like the wise builder who hears this word and applies it to his life and that we would go and just spend time with you. That it would not be because of the things that we can do, but because of who we are in you. It is in your powerful, transforming name that we all say, amen.